0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: Alex Wagner, welcome Trevor, to the show.
0: It's always good to be here, my friend.
1: I feel like every time you come here, though, you come with a slightly more ominous message <laughs> yeah. for, for what America should expect.
0: I'm a Cassandra, a yeah.
1: harbinger of doom. You, it really feels like you are, because that clip that we saw there, I'm sure some people are watching that and then they just thought, wait, did that guy say liberal? Mitch McConnell is yes. a liberal. yes. Like the Mitch McConnell. The
0: words liberal and Mitch yes. McConnell were in the same sentence, like and wherever, liberal was a descriptor.
1: Wherever Mitch is right now, his jowls are, are like trembling. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yes. So let's, let's jump straight into this. So you've been on the road now for how long?
0: Ah, uh, six weeks.
1: Six weeks on the road.
0: Six weeks in this in this run. In this chunk. And though, then we, right. we started at the beginning of the year on, on January 5th. Right. I started my year in Atlanta, and we know what happened uh, on January
1: 6th. Right. I, and I feel like what you've been doing is what many journalists have stopped doing in America, and that is being on the ground, mm-hmm. talking to the actual people. What's your assessment? If I was just saying from, like, 10,000 feet, things are good, things are bad, things are okay...
0: I, again, I'm going to really fulfill my role as the Cassandra of this television program. It is bad out there, Trevor. It's worse than we think it is, insofar as the machinery of democracy is, I think, in many ways grinding to a halt. I think what Republicans are doing at the state level, they're doing at the gubernatorial level, is Incredibly worrisome. What does that even mean? Well, look, we talk a lot about 2020 yes. and we talk a lot about January 6th and what happened. But in many ways, looking back is what the Republican Party is doing in order to look forward, which is to say they see the areas where they didn't succeed in terms of insurrection, in terms of uh, swinging the vote, in terms of literally usurping American democracy. They okay. look and they see that as almost a, a series of tests and and they're trying to figure out how to Foolproof the system, if you will, ahead of the 2022 midterms and the 2024 election. They are, there are voter suppression efforts that you have, you are well aware of, but there are also election subversion measures that they are undertaking to change state election boards, to undermine Secretary of State's and their powers. The machinery of elections and democracy is very much something Republicans have set their sights on. And they are not going to be content to just let the voters have their will. I really feel like we are on the precipice. Of one of our two parties trying to undermine the will of the people and American democracy.
1: Okay, but what about all of the like the, the stalwarts of the of the GOP, like the ones who always like the institutions are everything. You know, is it now just Trumpland? Is that uh, what you're saying? Yes,
0: it is Trump's party. It is not Mitch McConnell's party. Mitch McConnell, because he is an institutionalist, is somehow seen as a rhino because he didn't fall in line with Donald Trump initially. He is seen as a traitor to the cause. At this point. The mendacity has infected the hierarchy of Republican power. Steve Scalise, the number two Republican in the House, won't say whether Joe Biden was actually the rightful winner of the 2020 election. And yet still, because they're institutionalists, because they're not seen out there, because they weren't part of the insurrection, pumping their fists on the way into the Capitol, they're seen as traitors. I mean, that's deeply dangerous. But the fact is, that is the Republican Party at this point. That is two-thirds of the Republican Party, and that is how Republicans are going to win elections in 2022.
1: So that is two-thirds of the Republican Party, but America still has people who would consider themselves centrists or just, you know, we don't favor a particular party. And then you have the Democrats. What are the Democrats doing about this? Surely there's something that they have in place? Like, I'm like, they seem like the kind of people who would like plan ahead and they they, they know how to counter this. Yeah. Yes.
0: Listen, I think the Democrats are really focused on passing President Biden's agenda and they are dealing with crosswinds inside the party. Part of the problem with the Republican Party shrinking and becoming a collection of people who are not tethered to reality mm-hmm. is that those who still believe in facts and read mainstream news have basically become Democrats. I mean, in what world is Joe Manchin really, like, in the same party as AOC? The Democratic tent is massive. And so whenever you want to get Democrats to pass something, you got a lot of weather patterns that have kind of converged inside one party. Which You've means, got the big tent. Yes, you have a big tent. And they're very intent on giving their president a win. And they also are terrified that 2022 is going to kick them out of power. This is their last chance to do something really big and mm-hmm, structural mm-hmm. for American society and the economy. And so that's what they're focused on.
1: I, I don't know, when, when you go out there and when you talk to people, what I find particularly interesting is, I've always had this idea of like super Trump people as being like extremely manic and like, ah! But it seems like the people who are running for positions of power in the Trump party, they seem pretty lucid. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain this to you, but they, they don't seem like QAnonish in that way. They seem lucid, but mm-hmm. they also seem like they're going to burn everything down. They go, <laughs> oh, we're going to destroy this, but I i can tell you the alphabet backwards. I'm, I'm in the game. Let's go.
0: Yeah, well, what's disturbing is the degree to which otherwise sentient people who worked in business, who had careers, who are mothers, who are college-educated, have fallen down or willfully or unintentionally down a rabbit hole of misinformation, and who now see the world in radically different terms than most people who are still tethered to the universe of facts and reality do, you know? So when
1: you talk to them, there's nothing you can say. You have conversations with them. I
0: talk to the people who are there telling me that COVID is not a risk, Uh that it is an infringement on civil liberties to require children who cannot get vaccinated to wear masks in school. And they say this with empathy, with seriousness, and with conviction. And and. And when you see the world in such diametrically oppositional ways, it makes coming together, let alone convincing someone well, of your impossible. point of view, impossible. And I have to believe that somehow that sort of DNA that connects us all as a species kicks in at some point. And, and that's the hope, is that legislative we can remind, legislatively we can remind ourselves that it's not just about democracy, it's about humanity. You know, It's not just about winning re-election, it's about the, the, the human experience and, and the suffering and, and the things that unite us as a country. We, it sounds so pollyanna but but we are the United States of America, and we're in this marriage. We're not getting divorced, so we got to figure out a way to get along and see each other as human beings. And I think maybe some of those people still can do that.
1: Hmm. Well, 50% of all marriages end a certain <laughs> way, so <laughs> we're hoping that this marriage somehow finds a way that it can be I resolved. I don't know.
0: Listen, it could be an open marriage. We could adopt. I mean, like...
1: maybe you guys, Canada, Mexico, you guys figure out a Bring thing. Bring them in. You know, figure it out. Um, Alex, I could always talk to you forever. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you for being on the road. I, I, I genuinely enjoy watching the show because it's fun to see people talking to people about these things as opposed to having someone report on an idea of who the people are. So uh, it doesn't make it any less scary, (laughs) but it is very entertaining. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Trevor. The Circus airs Sundays at 8 p.m. on Showtime. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.